Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, if you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Luke. And this is in the first chapter of Luke. It's the story of when Gabriel comes and uh, speaks to Mary. And so we just saw a dramatic presentation of that. We're going to read, read it from Scripture. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26. So in the sixth month was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which we heard about last week when we looked at the call that Zechariah received when he was doing his priestly duties and the angel came to him the same angel came to him and gave him a call to prepare to be get to get ready to be prepared for the coming and last week we prepared ourselves to receive and to be used by the Lord to serve in this kingdom that we are a part of and so it says that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great, or says he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. It says there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of God and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren for nothing will be impossible with God and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her so we will spend some time this morning and we'll un pack this a little bit and we'll teach through this passage of scripture with this idea in mind the overall theme is Mary's call to provide Mary's call to provide now obviously as we look at it with the sense of her providing a place for Jesus to come to be born inside of her pretty significant thing and then we will look at how it is that God's calling us to provide a place for, for the Lord to come and rest in us and to be used by us in order so that we could be receivers of his peace and be givers of his peace in the world that we live in. Do you think this world needs some peace? Does your world need some peace? We all need that peace, right? Amen. So let's look at it together. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin who was betrothed. Don't use that word often, do you, in a sentence? The first time I ever heard that word betrothed probably was in church, but the first time I really was like, well, what is that? What is that word? It was at a wedding. Betrothed. So the word betrothed is to legally be pledged to be married to someone. So you are legally pledged to be married. And even though you have not consummated your marriage, you have not actually had the marriage ceremony, a contract is in place and you are to be married to that person. Unless something happens between the day you're betrothed until the day of the wedding, that's who you're going to be married to. And sometimes in that culture, the marriages were arranged. Every dad in this room who has a daughter loves this idea. Just go ahead, honey, let me decide for you. Because father knows best. I know what kind of woman or what kind of man this, my daughter needs, and so let me just decide for you. And every teenage girl cringes at the thought. Because you're thinking to yourself, oh, I hope he's not like you, Dad. Of course, there's a little bit of, you maybe think, oh, I kind of hope he's like my dad in some ways, but not exactly like my dad. It says, she was legally pledged to be married to this man named Joseph, who was of the house of David, which is a pretty significant um, piece of information because of the fact that there was this prophecy about Jesus that, that, that Jesus would come from the line of David and that someone from David's line would sit on the throne forever. So Joseph just happened to be, right, just happened to be from the house of David. And this virgin's name was Mary. Now, she could have been anywhere as, as young as 12 years old. Eden, how old are you? 12. 12 years old. Can you imagine your father coming to you and saying, um, by the way, we have picked out a man for you, and someday you'll be married to him. <laughs> no, you'd scream and run out the door. It's not fair, you know. Now, we don't know exactly how old she was when she was pledged to be married, and we don't know how long it was before uh, Joseph and her were going to consummate their marriage, but she could have been super young when it all took place. And then historians say that she might have been around 16 years old when the angel visited her. Now you can do all kinds of research and you can and look online and, and ask lots of questions to see really what the case was, but there's not going to be anything definite. One particular scholar said she probably was more around 20 years old because at that particular time they they feel like at 20 they were able to make decisions and those kind of things. So, that, so obviously in our culture, if you're going to get married, I would suggest 20 over 16 any day, right? You know, But even at 20, you might want to wait just a little bit longer depending on the scenario. She was young. No matter how we look at it, she was young. And Joseph, listen to this, one historian thinks that Joseph could have been 95. That's creepy. And no matter what culture you live in, that's just not right. 95? Now, some say, well, the reason why they think he was older because he, he is not mentioned in the story after Jesus was 12 years old. So was he older and he, di he died because of, of his old age or something must have happened to him because he's not mentioned in the story anymore after that. Even at the crucifixion, when Jesus is on the cross, he, t he tells John to take care of his mother. Why would he do that if Joseph was still alive to take care of his mother or take care of Mary? That wouldn't even have been the case. So we know that Joseph was probably out of the picture. And we don't know if it's his old age or what it was, but 
So this is some interesting things to think about. It says, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So even though we don't know exactly uh, the age of Mary, Mary, obviously there was something unique and special about her. She was a woman who knew the Lord and she loved the Lord. And later on when Mary sings this song called the Magnificat, she quotes scripture from the Old Testament. She was educated. She knew the Lord. And God came to her specifically because she was favored. But she was greatly troubled that the saying had tried to discern what sort of greeting might this be. There's a lot of reasons why she was troubled, I'm sure. She was young. Why me? I'm not anybody's significance. Why this angel? And she was afraid, like so many times we talked about when angels approach people. And he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. He'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Promised prophecy there. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of this kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, a very, a very, um, kind of a, not really a, a profound statement, just kind of a, a duh, like how is this possible? She's, I, she said, I've never known a man. I don't know. I've never known a man. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month, says, with her who is called barren. She was barren. She was, she was of old age. She hadn't had any children. But God did something unique inside of her. And this is, as I was studying through this, someone had made this statement. It says, it is always better to walk through a unique and challenging season of your life when someone else is by your side that has experienced that same thing to help you walk down that road. Does that make sense? Like no better person to help you walk through the holidays if you've lost a loved one than someone who's lost a loved one. And you, they can come alongside you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that's why the church is so important. It's so important that we have one another have, who have common interests and common backgrounds and stories. And if you're here today and you say, but you know what, I don't know if anybody really has been through what I've been through. I promise you there's somebody here today that has been. And you need to seek them out. You need to let other people know your story. Share your story so that we can say, you know what? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know someone that's been through the exact same thing as you. And you need to walk with them. And it's just easier. So, so God's saying, look, Elizabeth was not pregnant. She was barren in her old age. But she's pregnant now in her sixth month. And so nothing is impossible with God. And he's going to get ready to say that. For nothing, what says, will be impossible with God. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is your impossible this Christmas? What is your impossible that the Lord wants you to remind you that it's not impossible with him? <laughs> okay? So here's, here's some things that you maybe think about. Would it be impossible for you to find peace during this Christmas season if there's just not enough money to go around this Christmas season? Is it possible for you to find peace that even though you are at family gatherings around a lot of people, you still feel completely alone? Or maybe you think it's impossible to find peace because you are completely alone. 
How is this possible? Can you find peace in the midst of sorrow and anxiety, which the world's full of? Can you find peace in forgiving those that have hurt you? Can you find peace in that? Can you find peace at your job? When you go to work and you say, this is not really what I want to do with the rest of my life. But can you find peace in actually going there and saying, you know what, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. Like whatever I'm doing today, I'm working for Jesus. Can you find peace in knowing that God is sovereign today and he sits on his throne. He's not wringing his hands. He's not wondering, what am I going to do next? He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He was with you yesterday. He is here right now. And he's already waiting for you tomorrow. Can you find peace? And then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant. This word is bond servant. It means that she was not a great servant. What it means is that he was a worthy master for her to serve. A bondservant was someone that had been set free, but yet they chose to come back and serve because their master was so incredible. And they couldn't imagine not being with them. Is that, does that mark your relationship with Jesus today? I mean, honestly, like, I am so overwhelmed by what Jesus has done for me that I am willing to say, behold, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word whatever that is and with that it says the angel departed from her so the call of Christmas for Mary was to provide now many of you might find it strange that Mary obeyed this so willingly was it just because of the fact that an angel came and presented himself to her because maybe you're thinking this morning, Brady, if, an, if Gabriel came to me today and told me that the Lord said to blank, fill in the blank, whatever it is, whatever it is that you feel like he would call you to do, you would like, I would surely respond as Mary. I would surely say, behold, I am your, I'm your bondservant. Let it be according to your word, whatever. Really? I'm challenging myself here too. Would I, would I really respond that way? I mean, yeah, I've never, heard, I've never had Gabriel himself come to me and, and just say, Brady, this is exactly what I, what I want you to do. But you know what I do have? I have this right here. And when I open it, when I expose myself to the truths that are in this word, he speaks to me and he tells me what it is that he wants me to do. And I have to ask myself, do I respond the way Mary responded? Do we tend to view the, the things that God asks of us, the commands of the Lord, as burdensome? Do we think about the risks that are involved? Did Mary consider the risks? Did she think, hey, I know what happens in this world that I live in when people like me are pregnant 
and we were not legally married. No, no, I'm, I was betrothed, but we had not consummated the relationship. People are going to know. I can't hide this baby bump for too long. She could have been taken outside the city and stoned. At least she would have endured the scorn of the other women in the community. Just like Elizabeth last week endured the scorning because she wasn't pregnant, Mary would have the exact thing, same thing happen to her because she was and she was not legally married. And then what would Joseph say? How is she going to explain this? I know you, surely you've thought about this before. If you know anything about this story, have you ever considered, what is she, how is she going to explain this to Joseph? I mean, I've heard of some excuses in my day. I've used some of them, but I'm a king of them. But this one was going to be a doozy. It's going to be great. He would have every right to break that legal contract, and no one would think anything different of him. They would have probably held him up as some great man of integrity because you did the right thing. But you know what I think in Mary's heart, and this is something I want you to just think about this morning, what risk is there when we really, truly trust the Lord and we're obedient to what he calls us to do? What, what risk is there really? It seems to me that risk comes when we begin to ignore what it is God is asking us to do. In Mary's mind, does she think there is no greater privilege or honor than to serve the Lord this way. No greater privilege or honor than to do this. To be specially chosen by him to provide a womb for the Savior of the world. It did not require her to take time to study or to talk about it or get together with her friends. Hey, what do you think? She didn't have to weigh the options. Sometimes the way we do when we stall our commitments to really enter in and to serve and to give I've been there too. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I wrestled with this call on my life probably a lot longer than I should have. To be specially chosen is the greatest honor and it should be accepted with humility and joy as an act of God's grace towards you. When God calls us to do something, whatever it is, whether it be serving the lowliest of the low or standing in front of everyone and, and sharing a song or sharing a sermon, whatever it is, we should just be glad that he calls us at all. But maybe you're thinking, Brady, I've never been called to do anything really significant. <laughs> Not like Mary. But I want to challenge you with something this morning. God calls all of us. And he calls us all first to repent. To turn away from sin in our life and to turn to God for salvation. He calls all of us to do this. This is a significant calling. It is like the first and most important calling of our life. To believe in Jesus so that we will not perish but have everlasting life. We are called to receive Christ by faith by asking him to come and live in us by the power of the Holy Spirit that's what we're called to do okay that's the first calling that we have 
A friend of mine, Mike, shared this passage of Scripture with me yesterday. In Ezekiel 18, it says, God says, For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord, so turn and live. He has no pleasure in seeing people experience the opposite of peace in this world. He wants us to turn, and that is what it means to repent, to turn and to live. He calls all of us to do that. That's your first act of obedience as a follower of Jesus Christ is to turn and to live. That's it, the first act. Now there's so much more to come. Just like that was Mary's first act of obedience and then the baby was planted inside of her and then it grew. And then she had to keep walking in obedience, right? It wasn't like she was one and done <laughs> with the call of obedience. She continued to walk in obedience. We share this passage of scripture that comes from Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. The Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house then could you build for me? What kind of place for me to live in? What kind of place could you as a human being build for me to come and to live? What kind of place could you provide for me to reside? And listen to what God says. I myself created the whole universe. And then he says this phrase. I am pleased with those who are humble and repentant. Who fear me and obey me. What if your call this morning, this Christmas, is to provide... God's space to take up rev residence in your life and begin to work inside of you? What if God wants you to provide real estate in your life that he can come and overshadow you with his Holy Spirit and go to work in you and through you? Even through your life circumstances, and even, even in the things that you are struggling right now to find peace in God is working in the midst of those circumstances and he is wanting to work himself out of that into people around you so that you can affect them so that they could be someone who could provide a space for God to come and rest in that's his desire that's his call for us as humans and when we get in on that we start experiencing incredible peace do you know the byproduct of obedience to God is peace? Do you know what the byproduct of disobedience is? Chaos. Anxiety. Worry. Fear. He didn't call us to that, though. He called us to turn and to live. What might you ask God to produce in you this Christmas as an answer to his call? What might it be? I don't know. It's between you and him. <laughs> Maybe it is this morning to turn and to live. Last week we shared the gospel, you know, at the end of the service in a 
few people raised their hand. But you know what it was? It was all little kids that raised their hand. And praise God for that. <laughs> That's the beginning of their turning. It's the beginning of their journey with the Lord. But my guess is, is there's older people who sit in this room. And to be honest, you have yet to turn and live. You've yet to repent. And oh, maybe you've asked for forgiveness and you've said you're sorry, you feel guilt and shame for past sin or whatever, but you've never truly said, you know what? May it be as you say, <laughs> Lord. May I be your bondservant today. Not because I'm a, anything good in me, because listen, there's nothing good in us. <laughs> but it's because this master is worthy. He's worthy to follow. If you get a hold of that this Christmas season, what did it say at the end of the video? It changes everything. It changes everything. I asked the worship team to come. I had a cool visual experience last night, and I thought about you. I thought about the church. And so I wanted to spend a few hours just <laughs> wrapping my mind around today and just, you know, being prepared. And so I came home and, you know, you know I don't feel like this, if you're like me in this, but you have like an expectation the way you want things to go and you just kind of get it in your mind. And so uh, we went and I went and bought some overpriced wood at Price Chopper and like seven little pieces of sticks, you know, for five bucks. I mean, it's crazy, but like that's the only option I had because I'm not a lumberjack and that's okay. I work all night, sleep all day. But anyway, so I go and I buy this wood and I, and I, I come in and I, I get my, my chair all set up and I get some music playing, get the lights on and turn the lights down low and just get everything just right and I build a fire but it didn't take off the way that I wanted it to. Have you ever had that? Build? It's like, what is the deal? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm like looking at Google. How do I start a fire? No, I didn't look at Google. I know how to start a fire. Google, how do you start a fire? <laughs> and I, so I got, I got the logs on there, and I kept adding wood. They made me a little bit more. I kept blowing on it, whatever. And then something happened. Like, I don't know what it was. There's a shift or something. And then all of a sudden, it started roaring. And for, I don't know, it seemed like an hour, but I'm sure it wasn't an hour. And I enjoyed probably the best fire I've ever seen in my little fireplace. And here's what I thought about. I thought about us. I thought about us as a church. I thought about you as a person. Listen, God is wanting to do something in you. He's wanting you to burn for him. In this world that we live in, when it's cold and it's dark, listen, he needs people to burn for him. And I'm not talking pretend. I'm not talking a casual observance. I'm talking about all in. Here I am. What do you want me to do for you? Just show me and I'll do it. I'll walk in obedience. I'll take the risk. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. 
Lord. And when I saw that fire all of a sudden catch on, I think that's what it is. God is trying to do that in us. He's trying to do that right here. He's bringing the people. He's bringing the logs. He's putting them just right so that he can burn. Listen, we got to do our part. And you are so much more valuable than a piece of wood. Your life, the people you influence, the people you come in contact with, so much more valuable. But he wants you to be a part of that. So let's pray. So Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would line us up, you'd place us right where you want us to be in order for us to burn for you, Lord. Would we be like Mary? Would we say, Lord, let it be however you want it to be? Lord, right now, if there's someone here that says, I've never turned, I've never repented, I've never, I've never asked Jesus to come and live inside, I've never provided a place for him to come. Would that be you this morning? Would you say, I, I want to I do that? And would you come, would you come up and say, I want to do that. I want to provide a place for Jesus to come. Or maybe you would come and say, you know, I want to pray about how God is want, wanting to use me and I want to serve and I want to, I want to give. I want to be all that he wants me to be. Then come and pray. Listen, those logs were worthless until I put them in the fire. And until you come and offer yourself to him, you won't be able to burn either. So come, Lord Jesus. Amen.